Let's Create Something New, Episode 2. This podcast is designed to create a foundation to build a conversation around creating a new work environment where women can be successful, their contributions can be considered, and men are not demonized, but also included in a way that they can be successful as well, creating something new that works to all of our value systems, a shared value system, where we can build a foundation for success. This, today's topic is going to explore and evaluate and assess uh, a recent experience in a meeting. Yesterday I was at a meeting, uh, the topic of the meeting was data governance. It was given by an uh, international association. The speaker was a chief data officer. He had at one time worked in a civic organization, a very complex civic organization with a lot of responsibility and a big budget. And now he is a chief data officer of a consulting firm. He acknowledged that there are differences in those roles. And he also acknowledged that when you're at a smaller company, you can pretty much call yourself whatever you want. So I liked the fact that he laid that out on the table and he talked about the differences there. To me, that really builds credibility. He was also great on his topic and I walked away really learning a lot. Now, because I'm creating this podcast, I was also looking at it through the lens of let's create something new, an ability to observe, ability to observe women and men working together, and, and you know, just, just something that I'm very heightened to right now as I'm launching this podcast. So he starts his presentation by asking a question to the audience. And so that you have an understanding of the demographic of the audience, there were 80 or so white males aged late 30s to 60s. There were 15 white women aged late 20s to 50s. There were seven Asian men in their 30s. And there was one Asian woman, I'm going to guess she was around 30 as well. There were no African Americans. So the reason I share that information is that you have an understanding of the demographic, the world's perspective, the audience. And again, you can't make assumptions about this group, but you can say, oh, okay, I at least get that demographic and that may mean something. And you'll hear me talk a lot about listening skills. And I'm a deep, deep listener. Uh, I think we can never listen deeply enough. It's a, it's a complex skill and it takes some humility. It takes an open mind. It takes, uh, it takes uh, an understanding of you've got something to learn. Every time you have an interaction, you have something to learn. So this gentleman uh, started the conference with a question. And the question was, what is the point of data governance? And the room was silent. He let the uncomfortable silence sit there for a little while, and then he asked the question again. What is the point of data governance? And again, the room was silent. So at this point, I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in. So I was sitting way in the back of the room, and I participated, and I said, well, I think that the point of data governance is to have integrity in your data so that you can use that information to make projections, make business decisions, and that you can trust the data. So the governance speaks to the integrity of that data. And then another woman built upon that answer, and she said something similar, some kind of shade of what that was. Then he went to his first slide, 
And the first bullet point on the first slide was, it was a trick question. And here was the answer. Data governance maximizes value by generating a deferential in business outcome. The woman sitting in front of me turned around and looked at me and she said, I liked your answer better. And I thought, I liked my answer better too because I think we said the same thing. I said it in plainer language and he said it in consultancy speak, which is something I don't personally like. Uh, I think that when you're communicating, you should speak as clearly as possible to the greatest audience that you can reach. Um, and I think we pretty much said the same thing. So then I did something that I generally don't do and I wasn't proud of myself for doing. Um, and I shouldn't have said it. And as soon as I said it, I regretted it because it creates a negative environment. And I said, well, if I was a man, he probably would have said, you know, you got it on the head. And she turned around pretty quickly. And then the men around me, their body language changed. And th th that was just such a wrong thing to do. And it's really not who I am. So he, he continued on. And I really don't think that it had anything to do with the fact that we were females. I think a couple things went into play here. One is, I, and I've been studying gender differences and increasing my awareness since I did the talk for the ACTW conference in October 2016. But men and women particip participate in different ways. And men will generally, generally like a path to success. So if they don't know the answer, they're not going to say it in front of 130 people. Women will be more willing to explore and say, hey, well, it could be this, could be that. Let's, con let's contribute. Let's talk about it. Um, those are huge generalities. And I'm certainly not an expert in this space. I only have my own observations. Um, some voices that I've been listening to to inform my opinion have been Will Farrell, uh, who used to be the president of the National Organization of Women at one time, John Gray, who wrote the Mars Venus books, and Camille Palia, who's got a lot of great insights here, and Sheryl Sandberg, who created the Lean In organization and also fostered the um, McKinsey study with Lean In. So these are some of the voices and just some of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm coming to a conclusion with. So we could say that could be true. That could be one of the reasons. Now, he went through his presentation. It was excellent. I learned a lot. And he obviously knows a lot about the space. So when the presentation was over, the two women in front of me turned around and again, the woman who liked my comment iterated again, I, I really liked the way you said it. And I said, yeah, I like the way I said it too. And I'm sorry about what I said. I'm sorry that I said that. And then now the man sitting next to me became engaged in our conversation, right? Because there's a way for him to be successful. If we're attacking the men around us, there's no way for him to be successful. And, and frankly, it's not the right thing to do. Creating an environment of hostility is never the right thing to do. And the, we were all engaging a conversation about the topic. And I said, you know, I'm Six Sigma trained. I was Six Sigma trained in the 90s in the Jack Welch years at GE. We were immersed in that process of learning and um, he took it very seriously. Motorola created it, GE implemented it. And um, it, it was just a very interesting time. Those of you that are Six Sigma trained or are aware of it know that when you work with human processes, there's a way greater, bigger, 
uh, margin for error than there is working with a machine. I mean, people are moody, they are sick, they are inconsistent, they have barriers, they have biases. Um, so you cannot truly achieve Six Sigma, but you can achieve a 20% margin of error. And I, we talked about that and I said, you know, one of the things that I know and I believe from my Six Sigma training is when something's broken, it's always best to look at the process and not to the, not to the people, not to blaming the people. So taking away the blame of this man, let's just look at the process of what he did. And I think it shows to, uh, demonstrate some communication skills that could use some work. So, uh, we were having that dialogue around it and I said, if I was in a position to give him budget, he just lost because his statement was very similar to my statement. His statement was more in consulting, consulting speak. My statement was a little bit more plain. He was already married and invested in his presentation, thinking that it was a trick question and there was going to be a big aha moment where he now was going to reveal the truth. However, the answers that came out were pretty close. So if he were really invested in listening skills, here's another way to approach that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Those are some pretty good answers. You guys are really, really close. You're, you're really getting to the point of why we have data governance. Let me share with you a definition that we have. Here's our definition, which encompasses the components that you discussed. Data governance maximizes value by generating a deferential and business outcome. Says so the same thing I said. It is a little bit different of a twist. It's a little bit deeper. As he went through his presentation, I saw the deepening. And the reason I saw the deepening was because I wasn't angry. I wasn't angry. I didn't feel shot down. I didn't feel that my voice wasn't heard. I didn't feel that uh, he was mansplaining to me. I didn't uh, get angry about it. I was a little bit more uh, amused by it. And the reason that I was amused was because he was alienating his audience by not engaging the audience. So I, I thought, okay, but then again, I have enough self-confidence, self-awareness, uh, lack of anger, lack of barriers that I was still willing to listen to the rest of what he had to say. Now, someone else may not have been. So if he were in a position of asking me for budget, he may have just lost. And through his presentation, he went into the topic of the tension between business and IT and how IT cannot get business to understand why they need more, why they need more money, they need more people. Well, if I'm running the business and you just came to me to tell me the importance of data governance, I thought that I had a pretty good concept of it, but my concept wasn't right. Your concept is right. I now have to acquiesce to your concept and I have to do it to your, your way while I'm trying to run the business and bring revenue in. Do you think I'm going to give you any money? No, of course I'm not going to give you any money because you're costing me more money and you just keep coming back to me telling me how you need more people and I'm not seeing any value. So, we discussed that as a group and we, we talked about it and we had this really great dialogue, the men and the women in the group. 
And I, I loved the way that we could look at this tool of Six Sigma to, to again, focus on the fact that it's always the process. It's never the people. Deepen the conversation a little bit more. We had a great, I felt, you know, inclusive organ, uh, conversation. And I may just circle back to this guy, this chief data officer, and talk to him because I think that it's one of the barriers that he has. And, um, he could get his message across a little bit more clearly and build that bridge between business and IT where business kind of thinks, you know, my money's flowing out the door and I'm not getting a lot of value here. Um, so I thought it was a, a interesting example. I hope you got something out of it. Please uh, share with me any concepts or ideas if you wanted to deepen it or agree or disagree or, um, uh, give another example or particularly if you have an example of how in your organization you strive to include all voices so that there is a building block of communication going to the resolution versus one side proving they're right over another side. That would be great to hear about. Uh, if there are any success stories around that, please, um, please, uh, please uh, contact us right away.